Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Seven of the podcast to be named later. I am Chris Willis, and I'm again joined tonight by my good friend Stephen Talbert. Stephen, how are you doing tonight? What's up, Chris? Yeah, it's been a it's been a it's been a weird week, I would say, um, of Braves baseball. Obviously, the Braves clinched, and then you know they've I think they would admit at least somewhat that they've they've taken their foot off the gas a little bit. Um, I don't think they're out here trying to lose games, but I'm not sure they're out here. Um, you know, going a thousand percent after all these games. I think their I think their priorities have, have shifted a little bit to getting guys rest, especially on the pitching side. Uh, they're still playing their everyday players, but um, it, it's been a little bit of a weird week. There's been, you know, the online reaction has been what it always is, which is, you know, over the top and panic. But um, but yeah, it's been weird. And, and obviously they didn't have a great series in Miami. They didn't have a great series against Philly, but we'll get into all that. But yeah, man, it's always good to do these with you was a interesting week of baseball i would venture to say probably the worst week of the uh full week uh or you know six seven days of the season for you know for the braves i mean you had to kind of remind yourself that hey they've been uh they've won 97 games now you know i saw all three of the phillies games and i tell you now two of them wasn't that much fun although i will say wednesday's uh wednesday's game they did fight back bullpen looked a lot better I know they gave it up late in the in the 10th inning but you know that was an exciting game had a chance to win it but you know let's start with that Miami series because I mean I'll just be honest there's not much to even talk about in it you know Brian Snicker said Monday that they just simply didn't pitch well enough to win any of those games and I thought that was I thought he was right you know gave up two grand slams to Jazz Chisholm uh I think what was it Charlie Morton and Michael Tonkin gave them up uh in back-to-back games uh, that game Sunday was just ugly, and I know the Braves have had some other teams on the other on on the other end of those, but that was just a reminder that you know a, a blowout loss like that is just not fun uh, if you're if you're having to stick stick through it and watch it to the end. Yeah, I mean, look, I I'm kind of on the record saying any any anything that happens after you drink champagne and beer for like eight hours, I think should be stricken from the record. Um, you know, you can tell me that the Braves really cared about those games, but I just, I don't believe it. I, I think they were, I, I don't, I'm not saying they were treating them like spring training games, but I just, they had just clinched. They had just had a party. Um, I just, Miami is fighting for their lives. You know, the Braves have been very clear about pushing guys back and giving guys extra rest. And, you know, Ronald got hurt early in that series and then didn't play the rest of it. And, 
you know, I don't know. It was a bad series, of course. The Braves played like crap, and they got their butt handed to them. I mean, Miami essentially skull-dragged them for three games straight, and that's obviously not common because the Braves have had Miami's number not only this year but the last few years. And so it was a shock to the system, and I understand the reaction that it got, but I just I have a hard time mustering up any strong emotions about it just because they literally just clinched and you can't tell me that their heart was all the way in you know that full series not not to the level that it was in uh, for Miami so I'm, I'm the percent I'm worried about it is is right at zero and even to some extent to this Philly series which we're going to talk about but yeah it was a bad series but I just I can't I can't bring myself to care about it that much if I'm honest yeah, the Miami series didn't bother me at all. I mean, honestly, I was expecting kind of a hangover effect after they clinched. You know, it's pretty emotional, I think, to to get there. You lose Acuna, and, I mean, as far as that injury went, you know, he had the sore calf. I think they described it as cramping. He missed Saturday and Sunday, first two games he missed all year. If they hadn't been playing on that turf, he'd have been back in there. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm pretty confident of that. They were they were pretty clear that they just didn't, didn't want to take a chance. And evidently, you know, that Miami turf is just uh, – is is pretty rough uh, as as far as artificial turf goes. So you know that series was eh, it's whatever. Uh, you know it was just coming at the end of a road trip, and you know I didn't get too worked up. But I mean, you never like to get beat sixteen to two. You never like to have to use a position player. You know you don't like to see you don't like to give up five or six run innings. But I mean you know in the grand scheme of things, Miami's playing for their lives. The Braves have just clinched. You know it, it, things happen. Uh, the Philly series kind of felt the same way a little bit you know I don't know if I like that quite as much because this is a team that you might see in the uh in the first round and I I I tell you you know I know the Phillies beat the Braves in the division series last year but it seemed like over the last two or three regular seasons you know the Phillies might get the Atlanta early and then when it matters when those games mattered the Braves always came out on top now obviously that wasn't the case in the division series last year but you know Atlanta's kind of handled them uh but i don't i don't get the sense this phillies team's very they're not scared of the braves anymore so you know if the only thing that bugs me about this series is they lost two out of three they could have won two honestly i mean we'll talk about today's game here in a second but you know you don't like the last thing the phillies are gonna the last series against the phillies you know uh they won a blowout game and then uh you know pulled off a uh come from uh, well not a come from behind but an extra in and win in the series finale on Wednesday they took two it came into Atlanta and took two out of three so you know I think those optics there I think that's going to be something that probably wakes this roster up just a little bit because uh you know it's time to it's kind of time to um, settle in and and get focused uh refocused I think yeah I mean again I I I'm having a hard time getting I mean, drawing really any too much emotion out of any games that are being played right now. I know, I know these games matter because the Braves are still, the Braves are still playing for home field. They're still playing for you know the best record in the uh, the majors to get home field all the way through the World Series, or at the very least, the best record in the National League to at least get home field for the NLCS. But and that matters, like you know that that's a tangible, quantifiable thing that matters. That's that should be worth playing for. What I don't agree with at all, and I've seen way too much of, and and this goes back years and years and years, is this idea that how the Braves are playing right now 
has any effect on how they will be playing in October. Like I, the, the, the idea that momentum, you know, this idea that, you know, you got to carry momentum into the postseason, like that, that has been debunked so many times. It, it just doesn't exist. And I can't stand when people freak out because the team has lost four games in the middle of September. Do you know the, the year the Braves won the world series in 2021, they had a four game losing streak in September. Uh, it was the exact same four days. Like it was September 15th through September 18th that it was this year, the exact same four days. And then the Braves went on to win the world series. Like last year, the Phillies had a horrible September. They played like crap. They, they limped into the playoffs last year and then they went to the world series. I mean, and last year the Braves and the Dodgers destroyed everybody in September and then got to the October and got knocked out in the first round. Like, I just I can't stand this idea that momentum or how you play how the Braves play right now has no bearing on how the Braves will be playing in three weeks. And as long as everybody's healthy and as long as they have their full complement of players, then that's all that matters. Like there's just no bearing. There is absolutely no connection between how they play now and how they play on October 9th or whatever the first game of the of the NLDS is. So, you know, if if you're concerned about home field advantage I get it. Like that's a tangible thing. That's a real thing to play for. The Braves still have a pretty comfortable lead for that. But if you're worried about, you know, having bad juju or bad momentum going into the postseason because of, you know, a bad week after clinching, then you got to let that go because that doesn't exist. And it has absolutely no bearing on how the team will play going into October. Yeah. And I mean, it's like the same argument we heard a month ago. You know, I mean, the I've been making fun of this tweet now for over a month, but you know, uh, the Phillies were coming, you know, I mean, they, they, I kept getting that tweet a month ago, you know, the Braves are struggling and the Phillies are, Phillies are coming, you know, and they're what, 15 games out of, out of first place now still. So yeah, I mean, the reaction has been over the top, but it has been all season. Anytime they've lost two or three in a row, uh, you know, it's always something. I think it's important to kind of look at this stretch and see who pitched and who didn't, you know, there was a lot of Michael Tonkin, Derek Rodriguez, uh, you know, the the fifth starter guys, Bryce Elder, obviously Charlie Morton had a rough start in there that you'd, you'd rather not have seen. But, you know, it's not Spencer Strider. It's not Max Freed. It's not the back end of the bullpen. Context matters as far as this stuff goes, you know, and uh, I think it's been lost a little bit online. Uh, but, you know, I get it. And, um, you know, it's I'm, I'm like you. I mean, I get asked every single time they're losing – you know, it's like, uh, how are you not concerned? Well, I'm not concerned because I've watched this team for over 150 games this season, and I know how good they are. Now, I mean, just like you said, they could have went 24-4 and four in September, and the playoffs is a whole nother animal. You know, I, I think with the season, the regular season they've had, and I think you and I probably – this will probably be the subject uh, for right before the postseason, but – you know, it's anything other than a World Series appearance is going to be a disappointment for the, you know, for the Braves this time. They're the prohibitive favorite. But we know enough about the post MLB's postseason before they expanded that it, that's a lot of coin flip. You know, I mean, it the regular season doesn't you, – you just got to get in. And the Phillies showed that last year and the 2021 Braves showed that. You know, you just got to get in, and you got to be playing well at the right time. And, uh, you know, I think this Braves team, this roster top to bottom, I think they're well-equipped for a long October run. But, you know, I mean, you've got to separate the two things. You know, I I don't think – 
you know, when, when the division series starts, whatever the Braves did, how many, however many games they won or lost, isn't going to matter. And you know, I thought that was, I thought some of that stuff that you were uh, tweeting about today and discussing. I thought you know there was a lot of there's a lot of uh, validity in 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 all of that. Yeah, and and you know when the season ends, the Braves are going to have like five days off, right? It's just like another All Star break. It's like starting another half of the season. Like it's like when the Braves went into the All Star break and they beat Tampa and they had a good series, and then. They came out of the all-star break and they were flat. They lost back-to-back series to Chicago and to Arizona. Like that's the whole point is that momentum doesn't exist. And it certainly doesn't exist, you know, when you're picking up games a week after you played your last game. So it just, the Braves could very well get knocked out in the first round in October. And if they do, it will have absolutely nothing to do with how they played in September. And the Braves could go on to win the world series. And if they do, it'll have absolutely nothing to do with how they played in September. Because that's not how baseball works. In small samples, literally anything can happen. The The Marlins offense beat the Braves by a million runs over the weekend. And then their very next game, they lost 2-1 to one to the Mets. Like, that's just baseball. Like, baseball is just completely random when you're talking about sample sizes this small. And anything can happen. And, and there's absolutely nothing that will happen this week or next week that has any impact unless there's an injury. Right. Like that's the big thing. Unless there's an injury, unless somebody's not available, you know, we're going to talk about this Max Fried blister here in a minute, but like stuff like that, that stuff matters. But how they're playing, who they beat, how many runs they score, like that stuff will all change the moment October starts. So don't like, just don't freak out about it. It's not, it doesn't matter. How they play this week has no bearing on how they play next week or next month. And it's, that's just not how baseball works. And people got to let that stuff go. Yeah, and one of the things, one of the criticisms I, I saw was, you know, the Braves have been too aggressive with the their rest in their starting pitchers, which they did. They did rotate a lot of guys through a week or two ago, and I don't think they were too aggressive. I think what really bit them was Spencer Strider came down came down sick, which forced Kyle Wright to return to the major league roster, uh, you know, after just three rehab starts, I'm not too crazy about that situation. And then, you know, his first, his last, you know, he, he gets rehab start number four and rehab start number five are all against the Phillies, you know, which is not an easy, an easy lineup to face in that situation. So that's the only thing that I wasn't crazy about, but they, the Braves have played this exactly like you're supposed to, when you've got a, a double digit lead in your division. You know, you're not overworking anybody. You're not, you know, you're not, uh, you're not taxing anybody. You're not riding anybody into the ground. And, you know, uh, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, the free blister thing, I thought that was just going to be rest. And, uh, you know, I kind of got called out for it online, but nobody knew he had a blister. You know, he lay, he left that game in Philadelphia, five innings, 87 pitches, but the Braves were up six to one, you know, and to me that looked like, uh, they're pulling him just because, you know, here's a guy that had a forearm strain and missed three months of the season. You've got a five-run lead. We're going to get you out of there and, and feel him better. Uh, the good news is, you know, Freed obviously didn't pitch in this Philadelphia series, but the good news is that he's going to start the opener uh, in Washington on Thursday. Uh, so, you know, I mean, and another thing, you know, talking about this national series, uh, the Braves are, are staying on turn this time. You know, you're not going to see – you're, you're going to see the same five 
five-man rotation. Bryce Elder's the only guy that's not going to pitch in the Nash, National Series. And that's, you know, I think that's uh, partly necessity, but at the same time, I think it's, hey, we're, you know, we're going to, we're going to try to, you know, get back we gave you some rest and now we're going to try to get uh get zone back in and then you'll obviously get the rest when the wild card round starts yeah and that's good like you know Kyle Wright needs to start games like we need to know we need to know how good he is like that's the stuff that matters over the next two weeks is how does Kyle Wright look how does Jesse Chavez look coming back from injury how does Nick Anderson look you know, these guys that are coming back from injury that are contributors or can be contributors, you know, honestly, we're to the point in the season where individual performances matter more than overall team performances, because other than the other than home field advantage, which does matter, it doesn't matter as much as some people think it does, but it does matter to some extent. Other than that, the team doesn't have a ton to play for. So like individual performances are kind of what the focus is now. How does, you know, is Ronnie... You know, obviously, Ronnie came back from the little minor injury, uh, injury and had a monster game on Tuesday and, and hit two homers, and he looks good. So does everybody stay healthy? You know, do all the pitchers look good? Is the is the Max Fried blister okay? How does Kyle Wright look? How does Bryce Elder look? Like, we're to the point now where outside of home field advantage, individual performances matter a little bit more probably then the team result matters because it's all about just getting ready to go for October. And ma- and the main part of that is just, if you've been playing all year, stay healthy. And if you've been hurt all year, get your reps in, get as many reps in as possible to get back to what is, you know, a normal baseline level of performance. And that's, that's kind of the big thing with Kyle Wright. It's a big thing with Nick Anderson. If he comes back, like those guys just need reps, but for everybody else who's been playing all year, yeah, stay healthy. That's the big thing. And when October starts, just have all your bullets, have everything, you know, have your full arsenal and, you know, the chips will fall where they may. Yeah. I mean, the, you know, just to close this thing up, I mean, one of the things I've seen this week is they just simply uh, clinched too early, uh, which is just absurd because, you know, I mean, this was two months ago, everybody was dying when they came out of the all-star break and, you know, thought they were going to lose the division or whatever. I mean, it's, it's a tough situation to be in, uh, for them. Cause I mean, you know, obviously there was a hangover and then you're trying to, you're trying to walk the tightrope between rest and rust, you know, and every team, you know, that does that, the Dodgers are going to do that, although they're playing pretty well right now. But yeah, I mean, it's, I would much rather be in this situation and I guarantee you, they would tell you the same thing. They would much rather be in this situation than have to play and clinch on the day before the end of the regular season, the way they did last year. And, you know, they'll take their chances every single time. If you think they clinched too early, I want you to go back through the schedule and tell me which games they that you wish they would have lost. Like, instead of winning those games, which games on the schedule do you wish the Braves would have lost so that they could have clinched later in the season? Like, if you can go back and tell me specific games that it would have been better if the Braves lost those games, then I'll listen to that argument. But otherwise, that's just nonsense. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you really believe they clinched too early, then you should be filing your complaints with the Phillies and the Mets because they simply didn't win enough games. You know, that's just the, that's just the way it is. Uh, we kind of thought this race would go down to the end, uh, but it's been anything but that, you know. So, all right, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and talk about the bullpen. All right, before we start this next session, man, I, I need to apologize for last week. We went through the uh, postseason bullpen uh, possibilities, and, and while we named everybody, I was writing these down live, 
And I forgot to write down Joe Jimenez. We did mention Joe Jimenez, though. Uh, but that threw my count off when you know we were trying to discuss how how many relievers there might they might be uh, they might carry uh, you know when the division series gets here. So that's my fault, and that wasn't Steven's fault. That was my fault. Uh, so I wanted to get that out there now, but it doesn't really matter because the picture changed this week. You know, Jesse Chavez is back from uh, um, the injured list. And uh, the Braves also announced that Nick Anderson, Colin McHugh, and, and Dazebo Hernandez all are beginning a rehab assignment with Gwinnett. Uh, this is the last week of the minor league season for the uh, for Gwinnett. So, you know, uh, Snicker said the other day that he thought that uh, they could get all three of those guys at least three appearances, two to three appearances. But Jesse Chavez looked really good today. He came in uh, after Bryce Elder got knocked out. Two and a third scoreless innings allowed one hit, one walk. Looked like he never left. And, you know, suddenly that's a very uh, big piece to get back in this bullpen. Yeah, that was huge news. You and I talked about that. Even on, you know, even when we were kind of naming guys um, last week, we, we both said, you know, we're not ready to eliminate Chavez and Anderson as possibilities. So uh, the fact that both of those guys ended up going out on assignment, uh, obviously Jesse had a, a couple of really good outings in Gwinnett got called up today had a really good outing for the Braves today so you know he's pretty much firmly back in the mix I mean he's unless he gets hurt again I, I can't imagine a scenario where he's not on the postseason roster uh, but yeah having Anderson come back you know it's going to be tight if you get you know if he's if he gets two or three outings in Gwinnett this week that means he's got one week in the majors to get up and going before the postseason you know that's obviously a very very tight schedule I'm sure they're going to try to do it and to see how he looks to make a decision about him. Because if you get the guy that you had in the first half, then it's a no-brainer that he's on the team. But, you know, if it's not that guy, then, you know, you have to make a different decision. And, you know, it is important to note that you don't have to make your decisions for the entire postseason. You, you get to set your roster each round. So, you know, even if they don't use him for the division round, he might he might be available for the the CS or the World Series. So, yeah, it's huge to get these guys back and just have more options. Like you just, you're that much more insulated from injury and, and having to worry about depth. So it's really big to have these guys back and pitching and, and hopefully they can get sharp quickly. And obviously Gwinnett season ends this week and then they'll be up in or you know, at least one or two of them will be up in the majors and, and we can see how they look against big league hitters. Yeah, the interesting thing is, uh, you know, uh, um, let's see, Nick Anderson and and Dazebo Hernandez will both require 40-man roster moves because they are both on the 60. You know, so if the Braves want to go that route, I would say Hernandez is probably a little further down the list, although he did look the best among the three, uh, of, among Anderson and McHugh, you know, as far as results went in their first appearance at Gwinnett. I, I didn't see what they did today on Wednesday if uh, if any of them pitched. I doubt they pitched back-to-back days. But, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, I think it's, uh, like you said, it's good just to have those options uh, because I think the big takeaway you and I had last week was – this was a this was a deep deep bullpen that was had too many pitchers for roster spots and then all of a sudden you know we were talking about them possibly having to carry starters uh some of their starter depth as, and use them as relievers you know I don't really feel like that's going to be the that's going to be the case now uh but I'm still fascinated to see 
how they uh, how they assemble this roster for the division series, how many pitchers they take. We're going to talk about that here uh, shortly again. But Snit did clarify that Chavez, Anderson, all those guys are options. You know, as long as they as long as they come through the rehab and are feeling good, but. Uh, you know, I don't see any way that Jesse Chavez isn't on this postseason roster. I mean, the way he looked today, I know he may not be that good every single time he goes out, but you know, he whether it's high leverage or whether it's going in and, and covering two, three innings, you know, he's done it all. And um, you know, and they're very confident in him. And you know, to me today, he looked like he hadn't missed a, a, a day, uh, you know, since going on the injured list. So he looks just as good as he did early on. Yeah, and you know. In the playoffs, you're more aggressive in, in taking out your starter than you are in the regular season. Obviously, you know, only certain guys you'll ever allow to, to face a lineup the third time. So in the po- in postseason baseball, that fifth and sixth inning are much more up for grabs in terms of who pitches them than it is in the regular season where as long as your starter isn't just hasn't, you know, blown up in the regular season, you're going to let him pitch those innings. Well, in the playoffs unless you've got Max Fried or Spencer Strider on the mound, almost never do you let them, do you let your starter stay in that long. So, you know, that's where guys like Chavez really shine and can really be impactful for a postseason run is can you get that bridge between when you take your starter out, which is earlier in the postseason, and when you get to the back end of your bullpen. And, you know, that's where, that's the role where a guy like Chavez can be really, really valuable. We saw it today. I mean, he threw, you know, he pitched three innings today, kept the get kept the Braves in the game. Um and, you know, they actually came back and tied the game, had a chance to win it in the ninth. Couldn't do it, but, you know, a lot of that's because Chavez held the Phillies right where they were. And that's that's the kind of stuff you need in the postseason. You need a bridge from your starter to the back end of your bullpen. So that yeah, that kind of role for for Jesse it, it could be huge for the Braves. Yeah, and I mean we were talking about the angst online, but you know a lot of the criticisms falling on this bullpen during this uh, little stretch. But again, I think it's important to look and see who's been pitching. I do think Michael Tonkin's a little tired uh, at this point, uh, you know, and and he's been put in some tough situations. I mean, he had to cover three innings the other night, ended up giving up three runs. He's given up eight runs in his last four appearances. You know, that's not going to play. I'd like to see them get him just a little bit of rest as far as that goes. You know, we talked up Brad Hand last week, and and, and Brad was good again on Wednesday against the Phillies. Uh, he got lit up by the Marlins. Kirby Yates got lit up by the Marlins. But, you know, those are guys – I mean, Hand, you know – the Phillies have all these lefties, you know, and, and and I think it's a whole different situation, you know, when he's facing Schwarber and Harper, you know, that's a good matchup. He's not necessarily the best matchup against, you know, a run of right-handers. Yates, you know, I mean, we've seen him have hiccups in the past. He's been really good. You know, that was the uh, just the second time in um, uh, eight, eight appearances that he'd given up runs uh, when he gave up the four in Miami. So, you know, I mean, I'm not very – like I'm not going to pretend that this this bullpen's as good as the 2021 version that the Braves had, but I don't really think they have to be because I feel like you've got Max Freed, you've got Spencer Strider, you've got uh, Charlie Morton. You know, I just feel like the rotation's in better shape. So I mean, you know, it may become you know I'm I'm sure I'm going to get all the tweets anytime they give up a run in the postseason, but you know at, at this point I'm not. I'm not too concerned about this uh, this bullpen, and you saw it Wednesday. I mean, Chavez uh, two and a third. Pierce Johnson comes in, throws a, a scoreless inning. 
Uh, Brad Hand throws a scoreless inning. Rossell Glacius throws a scoreless inning. A.J. Minner had, you know, he had the hiccup in the 10th. But, you know, I, I thought they played the 10th perfect. And honestly, you know, you, you almost won the game in, as a walk-off in the ninth. So, you know, it's two competitive games in a row. You know, and just hopefully, you know, you can build off that going to Washington. And I'll say this about the 2021 bullpen is that during the season, the 2021 bullpen was not as good as it was during the postseason. Like one of the reasons the Braves won the World Series is because their bullpen got insanely hot in October. But it was not like I looked it up. The 2021 bullpen had a worse ERA over the full season than the 2023 bullpen has. So like, yeah, you know. Is the 2023 bullpen going to get as hot as the 2021 bullpen did in October? We'll see. But just on talent, you know, pitcher for pitcher, this bullpen can be that good. I mean, if they get hot, they can be that good. And we've seen in the postseason before, you know, you, you pick your best best four or five guys, and those are the guys you pretty much see every night because of all the off days, shorter series, small sample, You know, you don't have to protect guys the way you have to in the regular season. I mean, I remember in that 2021 uh, postseason run, it was Luke Jackson, Tyler Matzik, A.J. Minter, and Will Smith. Every game. Every game they played, those four guys pitched. And that's what it'll be like in October this year. Like, you'll see Rossio Iglesias. You'll see A.J. Minter. You'll see Pierce Johnson. You'll see, you know, whoever the next guy is, probably Joe Jimenez or Kirby Yates or, you know, whoever – Jesse Chavez, maybe Nick Anderson, if he gets back, like they're going to pick their top four or five guys. And those are the guys you're going to see every night because that's what you do. Unless it's a blowout, if it's a close game, you pitch your best pitchers because you got so many off days, you know, it's not the same as the regular season. And that's what we'll see. And I don't know if they'll get that hot, but I can tell you they have enough talent where it wouldn't surprise me if they got that hot and could, you know, that our, the Braves bullpen could a hundred percent carry them to another world series if they, you know, if they get hot when it matters most. You can look up and see just how many times, you know, if, I mean, obviously you're going to pull a starter. You're not going to have – the starters are not going to have as, as long a rope as they do in the regular season. You're going to manage it a completely different way. But you should go look up how many times what the Braves record is when their starter goes five or six innings. You know, it's off the charts. You know, and, and if you look at this, and Brian Snicker said this this week, if you look at the, you know, you look at this uh, this little rough patch they've been in, it's because their starter's coming out early. You know, he's not making it through the fourth or fifth inning. That's causing you to have to use, you know, guys like Tonkin and, and, and Jackson Stevens and, you know, Derek Rodriguez and, and um, uh, Lucas Lickey, you know, to cover multiple innings to try to get it to the back end guys. And, I mean, it just snowballs. But you're not going to see that in the postseason, you know, it's going to be played completely different. So yeah, but speaking of pitching, you know, this, this shouldn't take long. We kind of talked about this too, but I saw this question today about the Braves. Uh, should the Braves use three starters in the division series? I mean, I, I think absolutely they should use three, just three starters in the division series. Um, you know, as far as starting the game, I think the question now, you know, is, uh, does Bryce Elder make the make the division series roster? I don't know. We kind of broke that down last week. I kind of feel like he probably does, just as a as a long reliever. Uh, but I thought you made a good point today. I think you and Brad actually were talking about it. Is you know what does that do? How does that affect him for the next round? So you know that's an that's an interesting thing to see. I mean, you and I have talked about Elder a lot. Elder, the Braves aren't where they are at right now 
without the job Bryce Elder's done. Uh, but you and I, have, we've spoken more than once on this podcast about it, that, you know, he was always carrying an ERA that was about a run better than his peripherals, his FIP, and, you know, a lot of other things. We knew regression was coming. You know, and he was pretty much a mess today from the start, gave up two homers to Nick Castellanos. But the thing that bothered me the most was the five walks. And he just couldn't control the slider. I mean, you know, and he really didn't command the fastball real well either. You know, left a couple in the middle of the plate. So I think it's going to be an interesting decision. And, you know, I think the biggest thing, I'm I'm really kind of excited to see how they do, how they decide to play this. Yeah, it it's a, it's a multifaceted thing because, like, the first question you have to answer is, do you want to carry four starters in the division series? Because you're almost certainly going to only use three. Like there's not a, I don't really see a scenario where you would prefer Bryce Elder over Max Freed or Spencer Strider on regular rest, right? Like if those guys are on regular rest, then of course you're going to start those guys for game four and five. So I don't really see a scenario where Elder is going to start one of the games. But the question is, you know, do you, do you still take him for insurance in case somebody gets hurt? You got to cover bulk innings, something weird happens, you know you can make the argument that that is, you know, because it's in the postseason, you're, you're not really going to use all 26 men for such a short series anyways, that you can probably afford to use one roster spot on just an extra starting pitcher, just in case, right? Like that's, that's, if you're trying to make Bryce Elder's best argument for being on the team, that's probably it is that you're, you don't need all 26 roster spots for the DS. So why not just give one to a, another starter just in case? You know, what we saw, what I saw a lot of today was, well, just stick them in the bullpen. And this is where I brought up the point. And Alex was asked about this. Um, I believe it was the night they clinched. Somebody was asking, it was, he was talking about Kyle Wright. And he was talking about Kyle Wright potentially being in the bullpen. And his answer was, and I thought it was a good answer because it's not something I've thought about a lot, but his answer was essentially they try not to put starters in the bullpen this late in the season because once you pitch him out of the bullpen, and you shorten him up to be a reliever, then you don't have time to then go stretch him out again to be a starter if you need him to start. So like, let's say they need Bryce Elder to start a game in the CS. Well, if you put him in the bullpen and let him throw one or two innings out of the bullpen, and you're not confident that he's still stretched out enough to be a starter, well, you don't have time to stretch him out. And so you've kind of removed that option from yourself. And that's what Alex was talking about. He said, you know, you can always shorten a guy anytime you want, but you can't just go and lengthen a guy again if you need him. So you have to be careful when you do it. And so I thought that was interesting. It's a, it's obviously a very valid point of, of, of when to put a guy in the bullpen and when not to. But yeah, it is good. it's going to be interesting because I, I don't know what they're going to do. My guess is, again, they don't need all 26 of these roster spots for the DS. So I guess I'm guessing Bryce Elder still gets a spot just based on that. But I would be – it would almost take something bad happening for him to actually pitch in the series. I think they carry him, but I don't think they use him. Yeah, and I mean, that's a great point. And the only thing I'll say to that those comments with Alex, you know, I'm not looking at Bryce Elder as a situation where we see him in the first game one, game three, and game four. I very much believe that if he pitches, it'll only be once probably in that five-game series. You know, if he came in and pitched two innings, he could always go down to the bullpen and, you know, throw the rest of his, you know, to stay stretched out. I don't think it's a situation. Now, you know, where we discussed the possibility of A.J. Smith-Shaver 
you know, going to the bullpen, that would be a different situation because, but then you do, you would lose him as a, as a possible starter, you know, because you're probably going to, you know, he'd probably be a guy that you'd be willing to pitch two straight days or, you know, two out of the first three uh, in the two or the first three games, I would look at him more as a traditional uh, reliever. But, you know, Kyle Wright is the kind of the interesting argument to this too, because I don't see him carrying five starters. And I think the way he looks, you know, he could slide into that same spot that we're talking about for Elder in in a lot of ways. If he looks good, he's probably going to get two more starts, you know, to see go. And, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what he looked like. I mean, the results haven't been good, but he says he's feeling good. He thought he threw the ball better you know, in uh, against the Phillies the second time than he did the first time. And be honest with you, you know, the first home run he gives up was not a strike. It was several inches above the strike zone, and it just barely got out to right. And then, uh, obviously, uh, Bryce Harper put a good swing on a, a curveball away, and he drove it out. So, you know, I think Kyle felt a little bit better about that start. But, again, at some point, you've got to start seeing results. So, you know, he I think he's kind of in that same position as, as Bryce Elder. You know, do you leave those guys off and and just have them continue to pitch on the side, uh, pitch at Gwinnett and uh, inter squad games or something to have them for the NLCS, or you know, do you carry one of them and uh, you know and use them just kind of? You might not even use them, uh, but they'd be there if you needed them. Yeah, and that's the other part of the variable, right? Is like the decision whether or not to carry them at all kind of depends on how many relievers you have that you feel like you have to carry, and this is something that Scott. Uh, Scott was talking about on Twitter. Uh, we were talking about it right before the show started, but like, you know, if you only feel like you have to carry, if there's only like seven guys out of the bullpen that you're, you know, you absolutely feel like you have to have to be on the roster. And then after that, it's a lot, a whole lot of meh. Then yeah. Why not carry Bryce Elder just in case, right? Like, you know, it's, it's a zero sum game. Like if, if you're going to take Bryce Elder off, then you got to put somebody else on and that person's got to be, in your mind, give you a better chance of, of, of getting an out or, or, you know, pitching in a big spot. So if you don't have that guy, if you don't have another person ready to go that can take that spot, then you might as well just give it to Elder because at least he's, you know, he's been around all year. He's had stretches of really, really good pitching. He obviously made the all-star team, although I think that was more about voters in ERA than it was about Bryce, but that's a whole separate conversation. But you know, he's at least pr- provided you quality innings for the whole year to the point where unless you have a reliever that's, you know, you just feel like you can't live without, then you might as well give it to Bryce, you know, because you're, you're not going to use all these guys anyways for such a short series, especially in the DS. So, you know, that's where it comes down to a little bit of you, you, you probably have too many roster spots than you, you know, more than you need for a five game series. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they if they carried you know, two or three guys just because they have to and, and, and you, you know, they'll never see the field. I mean, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how they play that out. One thing I forgot to mention in the bullpen thing, we were talking about Tonkin struggles. You know, Jackson Stevens hasn't been up here long, um, but pitched pretty well in Miami. You know, I wonder, you know, he's another guy that can give you two, three innings if needed. You know, I don't. I haven't given him much thought about being on the postseason roster. But I mean, if Tonkin, if Tonkin has uh, Tonkin's been huge, you know. But if he's wearing down here at the end, you know, Jackson Stevens is probably a name to keep an eye on. You know, and one of the things we we talked about last week too. You know, you can think you have this roster things figured out, but they have shown that they're not afraid. You know, if they think there's a guy down there at Gwinnett that can help them. 
that hasn't been in the majors all year, they'll they'll take him. Now, I don't foresee that really happening. Uh, you know, AJ Smith Shaver's the one guy that I kind of I kind of look at and I wonder if he could help them out of the bullpen. I don't think they go that route now, especially now that they've got everybody back. Uh, but you just never know. I mean, they've surprised us before. So, you know, it's going to be really, really interesting to see how how that roster looks when it comes out. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Before we get out of here, I think we've got to at least uh, talk about uh, Ronald Acuna. Uh, obviously, I mean, you know, I don't. I'm running out of things to describe him. Uh, you know, he hit two homers in the in the one win they got over the Phillies uh, this week. He's at 39, 39 home runs. He's one homer away from being the fifth 40-40 guy ever, and he's going to be the first 40-60 or 40-70, you know, depending on where he ends uh, up with uh, stolen bases. I mean, I've I've had him as the MVP all the way through. He got his 100th RBI. That was one thing uh, a lot of people were uh, throwing shade at his way uh, because Mookie Betts was over 100 RBIs. He's caught Mookie Betts in home runs as we record this on Wednesday. To me, I mean, I don't think there's a wrong answer. I think we said that a couple of weeks ago. Uh, if you if you've watched Mookie Betts all year and you think you know you probably think he's the MVP too. I don't think there's a wrong answer, but I just feel like if if when Ronald gets 40, 40 homers, you know, sixty, seventy stolen bases, everything that he's meant to this Braves club, the best player on the best team in baseball, you know, I just I just don't see how he doesn't win it. Well, the thing that struck me about Ronnie this year, and I tweeted that. I tweeted this out this morning because I, it's it's truly incredible. Here, here are his WRC plus by month. So for April one sixty seven, for May one forty six, for June one ninety four, for July one fifty two, for August one seventy one, in September he has a two oh seven WRC plus. That means his worst month of the year, his worst month, was a one forty six WRC plus which is elite, right? Like that's an elite. If you have a full season, a full season at a 146 WRC plus, that's like, that's like Freddie Freeman's prime to give people a context. Like that's what Freddie Freeman kind of averages for his career. That's his worst month of the year. Like he has been at this level or higher. And I, of course in September, he's at his highest market 207. So he's literally, you know, he's finishing as strong as possible. And, I mean, it's just an unbelievable consistency. Like, if he goes two games without a hit, you're like, wow, what's, you know, what's going on with Ronald? Like, why is he ice cold all of a sudden? Like, that's the standard we've held him to because it it seems like he never goes more than one or two games without contributing something at the plate. I mean, he's just been, it's been unbelievable consistency all year long. And he's finishing strong. He's finishing the way you wanted him to finish. You know, everybody kind of wanted him to sprint through the finish line. You know, leave your best foot forward. Uh, you know, Mookie had that amazing August, and now he's he's you know he's lapping Mookie in September in terms of their production. So, I'm just super happy for him. Um, you know, I, I'm I was terrified when he kind of went down in Miami. I, I had you know flashbacks of 2021 all over again. Thankfully, it was just a a calf, 
yeah, he was good. So, uh, but yeah, he's been amazing. And, and, you know, it's been, I think the consistency is the thing I'm most impressed with. Oh, uh, no doubt. No doubt. And I mean, when you look at the, I mean, it's not just, you know, it's just not the home runs and the, and the RBIs and the, you know, the stolen bases, it's the run scored. I mean, he's got more runs scored than I think, I think Grant McCauley tweeted that out today. It was like 2007 was the last time this many, somebody had this many runs scored. He's well over 200 hits now. I've seen people try to discredit the stolen bases. And my only question, you know, my thing about that is obviously it is easier to steal bases now uh, with the, you know, limiting the throw over. But, you know, here he is with 67. Esturi Ruiz uh, has is over 60 for Oakland. Nobody else has even got 50, you know. So, I mean, to me, you could discredit him if there were 10 guys with 60 stolen bases this year, but there's not, you know. I mean, Ronald's always ran. So, you know, it's just amazing watching him day in, day out, how much he's matured, you know, just at the plate. I mean, how many times have we seen him just shoot that ball to right field, take that single? You know, I mean, I've said it all year. The strikeout rate is the most amazing thing to me. I mean, he's got a chance to finish more walks than strikeouts. And, you know, I've as good as he was over his first, uh, what, uh, 2019, he was nearly 40-40. 2021, he probably would have won the MVP. I never saw that coming, though. Uh, looking at him those years, I never thought that he was going to be a guy that could, you know, lower his strikeout rate by over 10%. So, you know, just – I mean, I've run out of thing ways to do, you know, ways to describe him. I mean, I'm just, you just look at the numbers and the biggest thing too, he's under, you know, if you look at the expected, uh, the stat cast numbers, the baseball savant numbers, you know, expected, uh, weighted on base, he's underperformed by about 40 points, which is one of the biggest, uh, gaps in the league. And that should scare, that should scare the rest of the league to death. Well, yeah, I mean, his last, you know, his first out today was like a 112 mile an hour line out. His last out last night was like a 111 mile an hour line. I mean, that's, you know, his outs have been almost as impressive as his hits this year. But yeah, I mean, uh, you know, to your point right now, Acuna for the season has 78 strikeouts, which is just absurd, by the way, to only have 78 strikeouts with as much power as he has. But yeah, he has 78 strikeouts right now and he has 78 walks. So he has exactly the same number of walks as strikeouts. And like you said, he has a great chance to finish with more walks and strikeouts, which would just be, I mean, that would just be a remarkable achievement for a guy with, with that much power. Yeah, I mean, and I, he'd be the fifth 40-40 guy. Just off the top of my head, I will be surprised if any of those guys that hit 40 homers didn't strike out over 100 times. I could be wrong. Um, you know, I need to go back and look. Uh, but I bet, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, Ronald's going to get through the season without 100 strikeouts. And that's, you know, that's amazing just because, uh, you know, that was one thing. I mean, he always was a good hitter. He always hit with power. Um, but, you know, I mean, he's got a chance to hit for three, hit 340 average. And that's just, you know, that's more than I ever just, I, I thought he could do as a, as a player. So, uh, you know, it's just been, it's been so fun to watch. And I mean, it's just, it's one of the best offensive seasons I think we've ever seen, honestly. And I think Mookie Betts has had one of those. You know, it's it's two. But, uh, you know, if I had a vote today, I'd go with Acuna. I've watched him every day. You know, I don't think I could vote for anybody else. Um, so, you know, we're just going to have to see how it turns out. Anything else you want to hit before we get out of here? No. I would love the Braves to play a little bit better in Washington, so my mentions will calm down a little bit. But, yeah, we're just motoring on along to, to postseason baseball. 
everybody stay healthy, everybody, you know, get their work in and, and hopefully we can kind of speed up the end of the season and, and go ahead and get to kind of the, the part that matters. Yeah, we're getting, uh, before we get out, uh, we're getting close now to the postseason. You know, we're going to have plenty of stuff coming. Uh, I'll hopefully be at the division series games at home. Uh, you know, we're we're going to have wall-to-wall coverage. We haven't really nailed down exactly how we're going to handle the podcast during the uh, postseason, but, you know, keep checking the side out. Hopefully the Braves finish this, uh, finish this thing strong, and, uh, you know, we're looking forward to a deep October run.